You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 47 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, your host, Bob Chichinsky, here with my good friend, Dog Bark 24 Dog, how you doing this week, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. And this week, we also have a very special surprise for you all. The one and only Lord Professor himself, Aramethius from Written in Uncertainty. How's it going, man? Thanks for being here. Hi guys. Hi guys. Thank you for having me. It's 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 been good. It's been it's been hectic, but I think that's kind of par for the course this time of year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. I mean just for all 2020, honestly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, thank you for being here, mm. man. If you guys have not heard of Arimetheus, I find it hard to believe first off, but second off, he has a great show on um, all the deep deep lore of the Elder Scrolls series. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and it's part of the Robots Radio Network. So if you haven't heard of it, you could go check it out there. His ads play in our show pretty frequently. There was just one in our episode last week. So there's all of that for you guys to digest. We're going to be talking about uh, talking with Arimetheus about all kind of, you know, fun stuff. Hit what got him into Elder Scrolls and podcasting and how he look, uh, you know, plays and views ESO. But, of course, before we get into all that, we have some news and some serial scores for you guys. So, not too much news this week, but we, you know we got to at least get over, go over the New Life Festival with you guys. Because it's, it's our favorite. Right, dog? Yeah, it's fun and stuff and double experience, which is awesome. Double experience is awesome. So... As you guys know, uh, New Life started last week. It actually started like a day after we recorded. So thanks, Zoss. You made us really sound like fools. I had to go back and do that again. (laughs) But it's got a new quest this year, the Old Life quest, which is actually really interesting. And I'm not sure if like that was there lore wise like before and they just brought it in or it's something they like wrote up this year because God knows there's been enough people who have lost someone this year, but it, it was really interesting and, uh, you know, tugged on the heartstrings a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've, I've only done one or two of them, but or so far, but it's, it's an interesting angle to it. They're kind of making it, making it a transition festival rather than just, um, than just the standard kind of, and new life starts again. It's, yeah, I, I'm. I'm not going to get started. I'm. I'm not going to throw. I. I kind of want to throw words like liminal and all sorts at you, but I know. I. I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy that perspective and the kind of and the one that I found of smuggling stuff out of Cyrodiil. It's actually trying to bring Cyrodiil into the rest of um, the game as well, which I've re- which I've really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really cool, and Imperials definitely needed a bit of inclusion yeah. there. They were feeling left out. Hmm. Yeah, well, we'll 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 hopefully see a bit more of that next year, but well, we'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. So, dogged, what is all the stuff that is going on this event? What can people get? Is there new stuff, or is it all all same? 
Well, there's a couple new stuff. There's the new Snowball Buddy Pet. This is a Snowball. It works just like the uh, Rock Pet that they came out earlier. Was it this year or last year? I think it was this year's uh, Jester's Festival. That makes sense. That sounds right. <laughs> there's also the new Imperial Cherry Ritz for the Rekindle Rekindleft uh, Dwarven Weapon Style. And yeah, when I first saw that, I was like, you know, Imperial. So that means it has to involve uh, Abner Tharn. Oh my because, gosh. You know, can you even name another amazingly snarky Imperial? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> yeah, I think but not all Imperials honestly, are amazing. Give you a list. <laughs> all Imperials are amazingly snarky, though. Not uh, all, but no. some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Nibbanese get a, somewhat of a bad rep. <laughs> Right, and then as for the old stuff, there's the uh, uh, new life recipes that, that came out, uh, the skin changer motifs, the old me- mementos, the Nordic bathing towel costume, and two hats. And then you can also get some lights, lamps, and lantern furnishings. So many furnishings. It just fills up my inventory, honestly. <laughs> you just need more houses then, clearly. Clearly, man, clearly. <laughs> And, you know, on PC, I was like, all right, we get this free house. And then they were like, ah, oh, but it's only a classic house. It's like, dude, uh, I'm going to fill that up way too fast. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I've still not decided what I'm doing with mine yet. I'm, I've, I have grand plans for the surreal estate, but I have no idea where to start with the antiquarian's house. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, since it's the only thing I have, I've really been doing some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what about for the impresario dog? What could we get? Fun stuff? Indrick stuff? Yep, you can get the four feathers for the main Indrick, and then you can get all the 2020 berries. So berries for the Spectral, Ice Breath, Mossar, and Crimson Indricks. You can also get the Rose Thorn Indrick Pret, which is the uh, Crimson Pet. And... The Snowball Body Pet, and then the Bound Pages for the Rick and the Lift Whippin Styles. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't the Indrick Pets previously 10 tickets? Because this one's only 5. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I think they were 10, but mm-hmm. this one's only 5. And so is the Snowball Pet. So you can get both of them for only uh, 10 tickets. That's pretty good. Even though, you know, who wants a bright red Indrick following them around <laughs> other than Dogged, pretty much? Well, yeah. <laughs> Dog, he immediately rode up on his bright red and green uh, Indrick <laughs> when he got it. And if you guys don't know Dog, that like every game we play, it's like red and green, man. Red and green. And he's <laughs> like, I don't even like it. We're like, yeah, sure you don't, Dog. <laughs> well... Yeah, you're you consistent at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there you go. If nothing else, <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much new life for you guys. It's going on. You got until the fifth, plenty of double XP. There are, like we said, 10 quests. Do you guys have a favorite of the new life quests? Because mine is still mud balls, man. Chucking mud balls is the best. <laughs> um... I'm not sure. Um, there's because they. I think the the one that the one 
that I always re- always remember, just if only because I spent hours doing it, is the is the one in Sentinel, um, the running from post to post. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's just it takes me forever to get the things done, uh, but um, just because it's just such, it's just a different way of commemorating a, a siege, and I I've ne- I've never se- I've never seen anything quite like that as kind of a war memorial, which is what that is. Um, and it just it just kind of sticks with, sticks with me a bit, and that that and the kind of the um, the, uh, the the plunge I can't remember what what it's called the the one in um, the one in East March. Um, oh, the snowbear yeah. snowbear plunge, yeah, yeah, where you have to run around run around and jump in the and jump in the water all the time. But it's um, quite just because that's what actually happens in various places at um, for for various celebrations, particularly in cold places. Like I've seen people do stuff like that. Um, around kind of New Year and May time in Scotland of all places, it seems to be a big thing. Really? And that's 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 not a place you want to start jumping into the water. <laughs> not at that time of year, at least, right? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. So yeah, that that um th- those are the ones that kind of stick out for me. I've um I can't I can't honestly remember the rest of them. I try I tend not to to kind of grind them is the thing. So I only do on a one or two a day, and if they um, if they don't recycle through properly, I'll, I'll forget the things. Right. No, I, no blame you there on grinding those same nine quests a thousand times mm. a day. <laughs> what about you, dog? It, the grinding was, was something that I did a lot my first year of playing <laughs> ESO. I guess, yeah. Mm. yeah. It leads to some, some burnout <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I really like the uh, Grotwood quest because you can either just pay it and leave, or I do like, you know, kill the encroaching wildlife. So, I also find the laziest one. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, which is which is also a good way to kind of milk it for even more XP. So true. Yeah, killing the things. And then I also like the uh, Sentinel one as well, or not Sentinel, but Uh, I also like the uh, Alicure Desert. Yeah, the Bergama one, (laughs) and yeah, I like having uh, the Wild Hunt Ring and Rapids and just charging around uh, it, it okay makes, oh, that, uh, oh, that... I like that one better this year <laughs> yeah no like actually actually making actually making it doable and yeah yeah right for uh, me i'm mm-hmm. just i'm always doing them with my girl so we're just like i'll start on that side of the fires you start on that side <laughs> and then i was like boom finish it yes. in like 10 seconds <laughs> I've I've got to try that, but then you need to get then you need to get the quests lined up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Still, you can share. You can share. True. So, with that, we are going to move right on through. Hope you guys enjoy new life. Make sure that you go and use the double XP mainly because we only get it so many times a year. It's a great time to get champion points up great time to get uh any low level characters up to 50 the dungeon finder is pretty solid right now it you know a lot of people trying to do randoms and stuff to get xp so if you're solo and you hate queuing for 40 minutes you might have a little better luck during the event so all that is there for you and don't forget the old uh deep winter ritz too you do 12 of those i think it's 12 and you get the crystal Far- crystal frost skin so you got that going on lots of fun stuff you can keep uh busy with in the next couple weeks 
And as always, things are still popping in Cyrodiil, new life or not. Over in Greyhost, uh, PC, it's getting pretty close to the end, and the scores are getting up there. Luckily this week, we got plenty of Daggerfall Covenant in first to report for you. So, without further ado, starting with the uh, PC Stadia NA side of things, we've got the Daggerfall Covenant in first with 64k. Ebonheart Pact right behind them at 60k, and Old Mary Dominion way back in last 52k so that one's getting a little bit spread out evan art pack still pretty close with the uh, daggerfall covenant there for first on the eu side of things we uh, have all... you put What's an up? extra zero in there that's 6400 not 64k <laughs> uh, the campaign's just reset <laughs> they just reset <laughs> yeah <laughs> Why didn't you stop me earlier when I was like, they're talking done. about the uh, console ones that are. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did he not put in extra zero? I was like, I'll just go with it. Man, that's <laughs> once, I'm sad. No, once again, reset. Once again, Zoss is just screwing with your plans to actually. Yeah, man, podcasts. there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they love doing that, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I missed my trains mutes. I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have the PC side of things that has just reset. Um, Dog, do you know who won the last campaign? Uh, no, I haven't been in there, really. Yeah, fair enough. It's it's the holiday season. It's pretty freaking busy for us. But if I do remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Evan Harpak was in the lead last week. So there's that. At least, and starting them off, uh, PC Stadia NA side of things, pretty fresh scores, and Daggerfall Covenant in the lead with 6.4k, Ebonheart right behind them with 6k, and All Mary Dominion not too far back with 5k. So they're just starting out, uh, still pretty close, but it's always nice to see Daggerfall in the lead. And then for EU, we have the Almeri Dominion going from worst to first, 6,400, right around there, 6.4K. Then uh, MNR Pact is right wow. behind them with 6,380. What's up? <laughs> I was just going to say, good. It makes a change from Cyrodiil <laughs> recently. I, I run with a guild that's um that's AD and it's been a slog over, oh, the past really? few, over the past few weeks. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well yeah. yeah there it's, you go. <laughs> yeah. So yes, we are finally getting somewhere. <laughs> it's a it's a slim lead, but yeah. they're holding it for yeah. now. They need your help. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've oh, got well. uh, Oh, I know, right? You got this, man. Emperor Ermetheus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to have to wait for... I'm going to have to wait for that um, for for a while, at least, I think. But, yeah, <laughs> when I can just book out, block out a weekend to get it done. There you but, go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that one. We've, we've lived that life. <laughs> and then you got Daggerfall bringing yeah. up the caboose for the EU side of things. So... Pretty diverse uh, scores over there for PC Stadia. Definitely uh, new campaigns going on. So plenty of action in there. Make sure you guys go check it out. Dogged, what about on the Xbox side of things? 
All right, so for Xbox NA, you have the AD in first with 66.2K, EP in second with 45.6K, and then DC in last with the 45.1K. And then for Xbox EU, we also have AD in first with 55.5K, EP with 43K, EP with 43.3K, and then DC and last with 42.9K. All right, all right. So AD leading uh, leading both over there. Yeah, and DC and last in both of them too. Yeah, I don't like to see that. And on the PS4 side of things, we've got DC in first, which is awesome. 52K on the NA side. EP right behind them, 51K. Old Mary Dominion. At the back with 45k, and on the EU side of things, same list DC, EP, AD, just a little bit of a difference. DC has got a more substantial lead at 54k over Evan Hart Pack at 48k, but All Mary Dominion about the same score 45k. So this week, for the first time in a while, I think there's not one Evan Hart Pack in first place anywhere. We got three Daggerfall Covenant and three All Mary Dominion led campaigns. So that in itself is interesting because EP is always up there. Hmm. But as the console ones wind down last campaigns of the year and these new PC fresh ones have started, make sure you guys go check out Greyhost wherever you play. It's definitely going to be popping, especially for the new year. Always. So before we get into our interview with Aramethius, we want to take this little middle portion of our episode to remind you all that all three of us here are part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network. And you could have awesome chances to get discounts on stuff like 15% off your first order of Loot Crate or a free month when you sign up for your first one at Gamefly. That's only 10 bucks, and there's all kinds of games that have come out in the last month or, you know, are here for Christmas, and you could try them all out and, you know, send them all back because none of them are as good as Elder Scrolls Online. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys know the drill. If you haven't checked out robotsradio.net, Please do. There is a litany of awesome podcasts there for you to check out. Not only like ours or Aramethius's, but that deal with all kinds of awesome stuff. So go check it out. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, all right. So, my dude, Aramethius, welcome, man. Glad we finally Thank got you, you on here. That's good to be here. It's uh, nice that, you know, yeah. as busy as the holidays can get, there is still some free... It also opens up some extra yeah. time in weird places, like, you know, 
Tuesdays yep. <laughs> super early in the morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all good. Yeah, and ske- trying to get things scheduled with the US is always interesting. I have to do that with, yeah. with, my, with my day job as well. And it's just, oh, just the instant you realize you're going to have to do something on, on Pacific time, it's just chaos. But nah, it's good. It's good that we could sort this out. Yeah, yeah. Good times enjoyed by all. We love having uh, members of the ESO podcast fam up on our show. So, my dude, um, let's just get right into it, man. Elder Scrolls, all of our favorite franchise. Clearly, you love the lore uh, pretty deeply. So, what got you into the universe? What was your first game? What what got the love going? Uh, the first game was uh, was Morrowind. A, f- a friend, a friend of mine was uh, was pl- was playing it during our philosophy class of all places, um, <laughs> and because um, because um, they were they were allowed to use a um, to use a laptop, and so if they if they ever got bored, it was just right. Okay, I'm off playing something. That that was that was my initial exposure to um, to Half Life as well, and just kind of seeing them play, um, playing it in the background, just occasionally engaging with whatever was going on in the lesson, or if it was a story about Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was good as well. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of see, seeing seeing that Morrowind get played, and that and just it was quite surreal. Like he um, they'd be running around at one point, and it would just. Are you dressed up like a gondolier? What's that? Is that a giant flea over there? What's going on? And what what you say there are places that are sort of mushrooms? What what's going on? And so it was that kind of bizarre cat introduction that got me started into the Elder Scrolls 3. Um and I then proceeded to get it and play pretty much the same character right up until about 2 years ago. Um every single time I cracked open the game. Um and I can't. I think I got sucked into the the lore of it around 2007, 2008 when I started posting on the Bethesda forums. Because um, sorry, just to translate the um, Morrowind, I um, I saw around about its release, kind of 2002, 2003 time, and kind of picked it up, played it every so often, and then put it down again um, when the computer decided to start smoking and not be able to deal with it um <laughs> elder scrolls games and, will do yeah. that yeah yeah it's um i've i've played i've played uh, morrowind recently on the open morrowind engine and it just works so much better <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i just got i got into the, the kind of the law side about 2007 2008 when i was kind of posting on and off on the forums kind of, and just, just le- leaving some thoughts here and there and and then just kind of going to sleep and realizing that America had had a whole conversation while I was in bed um, about stuff that I could never really thought through, or just so I just spent a lot of my time just reading all this stuff and and going through and persistently having computers that that I wanted to run the Elder Scrolls games on but couldn't actually handle it properly, <laughs> basically. So I just spent years and years trying to get the games to play the way I wanted them, which um, and which they never really did. I mean. Uh, I'm I'm sure that the, the the constant crashes were nothing to do with the fact that my current Skyrim setup has something like forty mods on it. That that's I'm sure that's got nothing whatsoever to do with that. Um, but um, I'm just so I'm just I got quite used to pl- um, to kind of playing the games on a quite a um, on low on low spec machines. So I kind of had to enjoy the games vicariously, if I can put it that way. Um, so I spent a lot of time 
about um, doing stuff about the game outside of the games. So um, posting on forums, learning stuff that way, and reading all the texts and so on on places like the Imperial Library and that sort of thing. Um, and that's what got me into the lore of it. Um, and just kind of soaking all that stuff up and that particular sort of climate um that was present in the in the forums around about the time that um th that i that i started posting there um and i got into eso specifically ooh, must have been about yeah would have been about two years ago where um we i just i just nudged a little bit more onto our mortgage so i could afford a machine that would run it with no questions asked um and so I've got a all singing or dancing rig now, and I'm just very, very grateful I can play the thing. Um, and so I just thought, yeah, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try ESO now and see if it latch and see what it's like. It's it's an MMO, and so there's going to there was a lot of stuff getting used to MMO from all the single player games that I've been playing over the years. I um I generally played only played multiplayer stuff on local um, um on lands. Um, mm -hmm. I've never really bothered with online multiplayer at all until I got ESO, and so yeah, got got, e got ESO um, about two, about two years ago, I think. Um, played played it on and off, and then just got and then just got sucked in about a year and a half ago with uh, with it pretty much was it was a it was the community around the Lawseekers podcast that got me into that. Um, just started running just started running events and just being a community online just uh, just got me playing the thing regularly so and yeah now i just it's part of most of my days nice yeah i feel you on that one yeah i remember you were yeah. definitely yeah. starting to uh be a bigger part of the lore seekers guild there and you were running like little events and everything yes i um i run um or at least i try to run um Law hunt events or law or law dungeon events, where we basically go around, go either go around Tamriel or through a dungeon, and just go slowly, find all the books, go um, go through all the dialogue, do whatever um, on on Tuesdays, um, and just talk and just talk through all the stuff we find, um, as well as just doing various other bits. So I'm I'm a I'm a guild officer with them, so I do what whatever I can, whatever I need to. Um, with with those guys and yeah try, trying to do what i can on cyrodiil's uh, um, on cyrodiil on saturdays as well nice nice so you that, that was a pretty loaded answer but since you finished with eso <laughs> let's just stick right with that so you said you've been playing for a couple of years you've really been into it for about a year or so so what is your your role are you a tank you like to heal dps your thing I am a very lazy player, um, and I don't like mm. having to move a hell of a lot. So I just, <laughs> I just want to run up. I that, that's probably just the heritage of of playing Morrowind for years. I think, um, just kind of run, run, run up and hit things really hard, um, and just be and just be able to survive without having to move. So tank is what I tend to do. Um, just um, tank, tank, tank is my first character, and um, and and my second character kind of evolved that way as well. Um, okay. It's yeah, I've um, I've been muck I've been mucking around with the DPS um, for for a while for um, the PvP, um, and I my most recent character, which I haven't got to fifty yet, is a, is a necro healer. I'm trying to go through all of them, but tank is kind of where my heart is because it's just. I, I don't um 
you do still have to bother with your rotations, obviously, but it's it feels simpler to me that you are the main focus of it, uh, main focus of the thing, um, and that you're having to worry about the big boss and not having to worry too much about dodging and moving and stuff. It's it's the, it's the lazy player in me coming out. Nice. So, what is your your favorite class to go for tanking then? Um. Uh, of the ones uh, I've only I've only played two. I'm not the greatest alcoholic in the world, um, but um, my my main tank is a is a dragon knight. Um, nice. I yeah. As I was just think I was just again it it evolved that way as I played the, that particular character. I thought I want to play an orc because I want to play Orsinium and want to play Orsinium with a role with a race that they make sense mm-hmm. um, and. Kind of and kind of built and just it just evolved again the tank the tankiness just evolved as a play style because that's the way I function. Um, I've I've got a I've got a Bosma source a Bosma sorcerer tank is my other one which is just totally throwing the meta out of the window. I'm well aware, uh, <laughs> but um, but that one is I've tried to lean that one into. Um, and into some into some abilities that provide damage shields and dots all at the same time. That's a little bit more squishy, but it's a bit more active to play. And I plus would played that one a bit more um, recently because that's my crafter, and I've just been trying to get all all of the sky shards and skill points. So I know. So that's what I've been playing most recently. Um, so yeah, it's as I say, I, I can feel the I can feel the the difference in um, the ability to take damage compared to it compared to a dragon knight. Uh, but it's still, it's still a really fun class to play. And if I actually can find some skill points to sling into some combat abilities, I imagine that'll probably be um, a, a more fun hybrid role to play. Um, if I ever bring that one to PVP. Yeah. Uh, Sork tanks are definitely interesting. Like you said, not meta <laughs> yeah. for sure, but yeah. if you do them right, then they could be a lot of fun. And tanking is not, especially when you're doing for like PVE and stuff, unless you're going super end game, you don't have to be just full spec to tank. There's definitely, you could put out buffs and dots and all, all that kind of fun stuff. But Dragonites definitely have the most inherent um, just damage mitigation, no doubt. Yeah, no. The biggest problem I've been having with the Dragon Knight is um, is Magicka recovery, um, which is just um, which is just the bane of my existence when I'm trying to put out group buffs. <laughs> it's just no. I, I I need I need more Magicka recovery and just being able to, being able to keep these things up all the time. But eh, it's. It do, it does it does it does its it does its basic job really well. I'm now kind of worrying about the frills a bit more. Yeah, I feel you. I remember when I first went to tank, and uh, it was with the Dragon Knight as well. And I was like, "What? How am I out of magic all the time? I don't need yeah. magic to tank. What is this?" <laughs> yeah, but you do need magic for most of the abilities, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's like you realize that pretty quickly. Like, oh man, okay, I need yeah. to focus on on magic and stamina really all three uh aspects when you're a tank mm. yeah no absolutely although it, it it depends most it kind of stamina more stamina 
ish more than magicka in my experience just simply because um because you because you need it for the um for what movement there is and blo- and blocking and so on but yes it's it's about equal in my experience because simply because you get so frustrated about your magic sustain you are screaming at your group to give you orbs all the time um or some kind <laughs> of synergy that gives you something back uh just but yeah that's just for the um for the debuffs and so on yeah my uh tank that i have on pc is a breton templar which is pretty much as far away from the meta as you can get <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i i yeah i i don't th- i don't think i thought about that when i actually started the character but uh yeah just you don't need to worry about the meta you just pl- you just pl- you just play whatever works unless unless yeah. you're actively going f- with it with a guild or a group that's trying to get a record or something then you don't need to worry about worry about the meta it's just what whatever does the job for you yeah so, what is your uh, favorite faction in ESO? Hmm. Uh, the Dominion makes the most sense to me, um, and the um, simply because it's the it's bringing together most of the geographically associated elves and possibly elves of um, of Tamriel. Um, so that as a kind of a unified um faction just makes them makes the most sense the pact um i kind of feel obliged to say possibly them because they have dunma and i absolutely love dunma despite not actually having a dunma character yet um <laughs> but um i just i um the the pact and the covenant um i saw them and the races that were part of them when the game was announced and i was just thinking what's going on why why are these races together um but they've done a pretty decent job in um in what i've seen of the of the pact storyline um of bringing out that that uneasiness and the covenant is the same um the the covenant's um, political storyline is really really fascinating to play through um and I don't know. I just spent um, for my um, for the the dark elf character that I have on NA. Um, I've spent all of my I spent all of my time just running around, um, running around Deshaun and just enjoying the place. If there's any sort of places that I was kind of wanting to stay, it was around Morrowind. But that might just be the nostalgia of me talking, which is kind of what ESO is going for in a lot of places in a lot of ways, particularly recently. All right. So, which of the uh, alliance leaders is your favorite, and which one would you think is like you know the best for the throne? Um, um, I would for the um throne overall. I would have to say the the covenant. If you're if you're looking at if you're looking at the perspective of Tamriel as a whole and what's best for the continent or the um, just the whole place, then the Covenant is going to be the least biased of the three, um, because I because Iran uh, was is still working and particularly the pe- people underneath Iran and administering all the policy and stuff is still working from a perspective of, El- of Elven supremacy. 
So they're going to presumably mistreat everyone as they go. Um, and the tribunal um, are going to be very, very similar. They're not going to be as overt about it. Uh, but Dunma culture has a huge amount of Dunma superiority um, bred into it. And Almalexia does not like dissent, to put it mildly. So um, I can imagine that if the pact um, ever got to run Tamriel, they would... Um, be, there would be an awful lot of suppression of dissenters and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I'd have to say the the, co the covenant for Tamriel overall, but um, for the um, but for I I I, I want I kind of want to give the, the Dominion points for in part for starry eyed idealism and in part for the exact opposite because you you see that in the way that the quests play out that you've got iren versus the veiled heritance and that kind of back and forth going on within altmeri society and um and the dominion as a whole so um either one of those could be true i mean we know which way it finally turns out thanks to what we see in the fourth era in the elder scrolls 5 but um but the, the way that Irene phrases it kind of sucks you into what she wants quite well. Yeah, it's a Where, good point though that uh, even if Irene is like uh, as pure-hearted as she could possibly be with her goals of ruling, you know, over Tamriel, there is so many uh, people under her that is just not going to think that way. Like it's ingrained yeah. in them to not feel that way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to. Well, out, again, again, outside of the covenant, you you have to struggle. To, you struggle to find anyone like that, really. I mean, apart from the Bosma. I mean, if if the Cameron monarchy was running the Dominion, I would be quite happy to say, yeah, they would do. Um, they would do something that was vaguely appropriate for the continent as a whole uh, rather than privileging themselves and that sort of thing although there's a large part of it that thinks can the cameron monarchy be, um competently run things i i the way that things come across in eso i'm very much doubting that and that the way that authority is kind of dispersed throughout valenwood and um and and that sort of a model doesn't really work for a unified Tamriel, if a unified Tamriel is what you want, because Tamriel's got along quite well without an empire for quite a bit of its history. It's just that an awful lot of the histories that we have are written from the perspective of people that are part of empires. So the instant there isn't an empire, it's chaos, darkness, and horrible. Whereas it might <laughs> not actually be. It's a very good point. Very good point. So, my man, one of our favorite questions. PvP or PvE? Depends on my mood. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, PvE most of the time because it's a lot harder to stop and smell the flowers in PvP. It's um, I have done, I have run some lore hunts in Cyrodiil during Midia Mayhem, and it was interesting. <laughs> there's this constant fear of. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this thing of right. I found this law book here. Great, let's let's look let's look at it. And is there anyone going to attack us? Really? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but um, 
so simply for getting immersed in the world um pve hands down but uh pvp is just immense amounts of fun as far as i'm concerned um it's um when i say pvp i say i say cyrodiil specifically um because battlegrounds i'm not that much of a fan of uh, they're a bit too fast paced for me um and don't tie into a story quite so well as the, the fight for the ruby throne and that sort of thing um imperial city is probably a, a happy medium for me there and yeah i um imperial city runs as some of the um some of the things that i enjoy most most out of the out of the pvp runs that we do but it still it still kind of ties into the greater stuff of of Cyrodiil, and you can occasionally run across some really fascinating little bits and pieces to do with the Daedra there. And again, it's not quite as frantic as Battlegrounds. Very interesting, man. I don't think I would have pegged you as that much of a PvP guy, to be honest. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nor would I, but it came up and I really enjoyed it. So That's kind of how I was yeah. with PvP. I didn't expect, like, when I got ESO, I did not at all think, like, oh, I can't wait to do PvP. I just wanted to go do all the lore and the stories and the quests. Mm -hmm. But, man, once I got into Cyrodiil, it was like it instant like oh my god this is so awesome they they did yes. a great job with it honestly yeah it's it's just a fantastic fantastic um set up the way the way they've got it through i, I don't know anything about pvp from other games uh but the way it kind of comes across as as, as much of a war zone as it is um and there's yeah. the kind of there's the there's the, there's the Oh, what's the phrase? I I can't I can't remember whether this comes from Discworld or from somewhere else. Um, but war, war is war is long periods of boredom punctuated by um pun punctuated by um short by short intervals of extreme excitement. And Cyrodiil, <laughs> to an extent, feels that way because if you wind up in the wrong place, it's a huge map to wind your way around. And yeah, um, and then you've got the fights as they happen, and the, and you can get. And the the sieges I absolutely adore as well. That's the the way that 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 can that that can be a back and forth, particularly if you've got organised groups. Um, yeah. The, some of the some of the best fights that are, that I've been in in Cyrodiil um, have been when some when there's obviously coordination going on between. Um, there's been coordination um, between both sides of a particular battle, and there's this fantastic back and forth that. I don't think PVE sim could simulate in any real in any real way. I I I like I like the dungeons and and so on and ru and running them and just that and the social aspect of that. But there's only so many times you can try and see what's in the nooks and crannies of Fungal Grotto. <laughs> uh, so that's um, and you know the, there's been enough of the kind of the group stuff that i'm still winding my way through the solo content i i started playing two years ago and i, I still haven't completed the main story on on a character i, I know what happens but because mm -hmm. i'm so used to absorbing stuff outside of the games um as and so i'm i'm not fussed about spoilers in the slightest um there's just an aside for that um so but i've still not completed the main quest on any of my characters yet yeah i i honestly i would say you should just to go fight molag ball at least once but you know yeah yeah no that that and i saw some designs for the surreal estate and i just kind of 
well, yeah, I can do so much with this, but I need to get the God of Schemes achievement to get the house. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. It'll get there. <laughs> so, w- you clearly have, you know, played a diverse amount of ESO. You've gone all over and done a pretty good amount of stuff in your two years. What is your. I guess hardest or like most favorite achievement that you've gotten anything big or cool? Um, nothing, nothing big in the grand scheme of things, but, um, the, the thing that I put the most effort into doing was, um, was getting the Grothdai helm simply because I found that dungeon an absolute nightmare as a tank. <laughs> um, just, um, I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's the. It's one of those. Banish cells two on vet is one of those dungeons where you need a huge amount of group coordination to be able to, um, be able to have a chance of doing the thing, and just being part, being a again being a part of a group that can pull that off is just is just very very satisfying. I've not got any big achievements as such, but that's the biggest. Just to put that in perspective. Hey, that's cool, man. That's awesome. Sometimes when you you know complete something that's really challenging, mm. that's that means the most to you, right? Yeah, no, it took it took about three nights. <laughs> so, yeah, gotta, I've, I've 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 thrown myself against uh, against Hikin Lord Relist the Twelfth a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, and and had and had his fantastic dialogue. To be frank, so he does have some classic lines. Honestly, yes, yes. Yeah, I've ran uh, both the banish cells a lot. Be just trying to get the uh, name sanctioned glittery pieces because it's like oh those are amazing i i'm gonna use those forever and then you know the golden sanctuary comes it's like oh well i guess i i guess uh those named ones don't really matter anymore no unless you have like millions for chromium platings just laying around oh no just <laughs> So have you gone and gotten every lore book for the Mages Guild in ESO? Um no. Um not not for not for the not for the achievement. Um but that's um I, I basically run around and get lore books in order to get them for the skill points because I've um apart from the ESO specific ones, of which there are an absolute ton, it must be said. Um uh, for, but quite a few of them that they have labeled lore books um have already come up in previous games so i'm already familiar with enough with most of them that i don't necessarily go around hunting them because they're law books um because i already know the contents fairly well um so and i don't do a lot of my law book reading in game uh that's the thing i've I've spent enough of my time with with um with middling pcs that can't really run the games to and reading stuff outside of the game that when i'm in the game i want to play the game uh ra- rather than read rather than reading i think that's the the, the law books are in the game and the kind of content that is in there is brilliant um and it's fantastic that they have it but for someone like me it's it's a distinct enough thing from the games themselves that uh, it's not really part of the game experience for me, if you like. Nice. That's, that's a good answer, man. So before we get into your thoughts on all the crazy stuff that's coming, we do have a couple more base questions for you. Um, as far as just all Elder Scrolls goes, 
do you have any aspects of the lore that are really like your favorite that you just cling on to? Ah, uh, it feels like a cop out answer to say the metaphysics, um, just because that's what everyone goes after. Um, but that was kind of what sucked me in. Um, it's a little different now in the community because ESOs put so much work into building out the mundane stuff, if I can put it that way, into the kind of the day to day. This is what um, this is what the cultures are like, and this is what the histories are. But when I got into the forums, there was every, like every was well, it's almost like every third thread was what is Chim or um, <laughs> and the and that sort of thing and i was um i was actually part, part of the community when the stuff around the amaranth um came out and the amaranth hunt was just a fantastic read and a fantastic thing to be at least vaguely be part of um because, because again because of the time differences i kind of would post thoughts and then there would be about 10 pages worth of comments when i woke up the next morning and um, so i couldn't exactly keep up but it's again that but that metaphysical side is what kind of sucked me in and <clears throat> is what sustained a lot of my interest and it's it's um it, in a way it's what drove um written uncertainty but it's that's not the whole of it um because oh, that's good. There was, my next question yeah. for you was what ah, your motivation I, for starting <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah um cuz i found um cuz there's because um, there's enough con- kind of content out there explaining what an Argonian is and what an Altmer is and what their basic cultural outlines are and the broad strokes of the history, but there wasn't that much uh, around where, around when I was thinking about looking looking for podcasts to listen to to start with that kind of engaged me uh, because I already knew the basics. I was after something else and. Mm-hmm. So, I, and apart from the Selectives Lawcast, which I had listened to um, pretty much to death in 2014, there was a very, very boring period of work, um, and their con- and content kept on coming up since, and we're still going. They 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 purloined me to be part of um, to be part of that about two years ago now, um, but um but that content wasn't coming out fast enough to keep me happy <laughs> basically <laughs> and so i was thinking okay so if there is this gap and uh, there is if there there's there's enough people going out there talking about the basics and so uh so there isn't anyone out there talking about the more complex stuff so right. that was that was why i started written uncertainty that, that i was just thinking if if you if you already know all the um all of the stuff that's kind of the surface level. What's next? Can we get kind of the hardcore history version of um, an Elder Scrolls lore podcast or something that goes through what a lot of the, um, or what a lot of the metaphysics stuff is. And that's another um, kind of string to why I did it um, and, and started producing the, the podcast because I, you've, you've kind of heard me talking about dates and throwing out when things when things have happened within the community as such because the Elder Scrolls franchise is has been going for a long time uh, it's I think Arena was 94 um around around that sort of time so that's a lot of time for there to have been a lore 
community and to have been building up ideas a lot of the um a lot of the metaphysics is stuff that's fairly well settled if you've been in the community for a while but you don't really know the reasoning for it if you're just coming in you can just say well what is chim okay i can give you a one sentence answer that i've given to however many other people have have answered that question but in receiving <laughs> that one sentence answer you're not going to have an understanding of where it comes from or how and that sort of thing and you're just going to get attached to certain ideas or not um and part of what i was trying to achieve with written uncertainty um was to say well the chim chim comes from this if you want to know about the amaranth then you look at these and coda is meant to be this sort of thing so um it was presenting the context of those concepts and reasoning through what they are given the sources in the games and in a sense, representing the original reasoning or the different theories that have come up and sprung up about them with their justifications and where they originally came from, just so that people didn't didn't keep on butting heads so much, basically. Because if someone likes an idea, they'll cotton onto it because they like the idea. Um, uh, but if they don't understand where it comes from, they can't defend it. So if someone says, no, that's wrong, then you start getting shouting matches. Right. Uh, and so i was thinking no i need to present where all these ideas come from and what i think about them to a degree because yeah you're um you're, you're gonna have to work out how i how i think because i'm <laughs> the one presenting the ideas to you um and and that sort of thing so that was part of my motivation as well to to kind of unearth what those concepts were and what their reasoning was behind them rather than it just descending into I like I like the idea of Chim. I like Coda. I don't screw you and all that sort of thing. Yeah, well, you have been very successful, in my opinion, in doing so. Some of uh, some of my favorite episodes of your show are like the Lorcon one is like really good. The one on towers is like really good. I wish there was more on towers, but you know, <laughs> and uh, the Coda one too. Like, man, I've never been so interested in something after hearing you talk about Coda. Like, what the heck is all this, man? <laughs> I had to go read through it. I was like, oh my god, it only gets crazier. Like, <laughs> yes, uh, ju- just to um, just for those of you listening, Coda is um is a comic book script that got written by Michael Kirkbride after he um, left left Bethesda's employment. Um, he has been employed as a contractor on various projects since, um, but it was written by him and released on Valentine's Day in 2014. Um, it is an epilogue of sorts to what he thought of as the Elder Scrolls 3 storyline. It's a time when everything is burned away on Mundus and all, oh, not on Mundus, on Nern, sorry. Um, and all, and everything is just, all that's left is just bare clockwork, interestingly. And the only survivors that we know of are the Dunmer and Khajiit who boarded a spaceship and fled to the moons. Um, and it is a story of how um, of how an ex salt merchant defeats the Numidium and marries Vivek, <laughs> and has a flower child, <laughs> and they have a flower child. Yes, <laughs> and if that's not enough to interest you alone, then I mean, you could go listen to a um, full episode. 
Yeah, and it, it has magnificent lines. Um, has magnificent lines such as "Don't forget your pop-up blockers," and um, and don't, and we we after all we've been through, don't think that we can't destroy television. It is <laughs> a really really surreal piece, um, but it's trying to do some interesting things. I think the best explanation for it that I've seen is um, one that Lady Nerevar gave, who is uh, my Pope Bride's wife, um, is that if The Elder Scrolls is Shakespeare, Coda is West Side Story. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good explanation. <laughs> I did not know that she was his wife. That's crazy. No, they've... Um... I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember when they when they got hitched. I, um, but it was a thing in the community for a while. But yes, she she is his wife. That's cool. That's awesome. So uh, with that, we've got you know one one more thing to talk about with here. Unless dog, you got some more questions to throw at our guy. Uh, no. All right. All right. So, Aramethius. Not only do I want to hear what your thoughts on the Gates and Oblivion and 2021 are going to bring, but what are your thoughts on this whole year of kind of concept in general? We've gone through two years now where it was like all Elsewhere, all Skyrim. How, as like someone who really, you know, is into the lore and how do you think is that helped them present the universe in a better way, do you think? Um, I don't know what, in terms of universe presentation, I think it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, um, when you look back to some of the dungeons, um, and the DLC before they had that concept going, you still had some pretty decent stories. Like the Dragon Bones DLC is possibly one of my favorite examples of that, that they had, um, some, fa- had some fantastic kind of mini stories going on. Uh, between Scale Caller Peak and oh, Fanglair, yeah, um, that w- those that that sort of mini story kind of tying in is still really interesting in itself because it um, has a, a mini arc about Zahn and her and her dragon and what and go and things going on there. But the year the year long stories uh, lets them kind of s- spread their wings a bit more and play and kind of play around with more narrative devices. And try and try different forms of storytelling in a way, I suppose. Um, the um, that one thing that I would possibly say that the year long stories and so on cause slight problems with maybe I don't know, um, is the um, is recurring characters and that sort of thing. They've been doing they've been doing a lot of recur of recurring character stuff, and I suppose that's one way to keep. Uh, fan engagement and so on but it also means that you almost feel like you have to swallow all of the content before in order to get the previous one going like i um i don't particularly want to touch elsewhere for example until i've been through everything that that leads up to it so that it all so that all of the interactions make sense that's that is just the way the way the way that i play yeah it's a great um, point a lot of people you know feel like that now for sure yeah but in but in terms of the kinds of stories they can tell it's absolutely a a great way to do it because you can um because you can almost bring different phasing into it um and do do kind of foreshadowing and 
I don't know whether you can really call it proper narrative structure as such. I, the first thing that occurs to me is that is ESO's kind um year-long storylines something similar to what Watchmen did for comics that was because Watchmen was trying to introduce the the um the ideas of uh, things like be beginning, middle, and end, and foreshadowing, and all these more literal, not literal, sorry, literary devices into the comic book world, which previously was quite episodic and kind of flinging stuff out there. So I think ESO might be doing something similar or trying to, and certainly because you can plan things out that much in advance and link back um, in a planned way, um, then you can definitely do more of that sort of thing. But it does mean that you think, oh, I've now got to make sure that I know all of the stuff that came beforehand because I see no end of kind of what's the order that you're supposed to play these things in kind of questions, which I'm not too fussed. I'm not too fussed about personally, intellectually, although I will still play through things in order um, to make mm -hmm. the dialogue make sense. Um, but I know that some pe some people do get quite hung up on that. And there is also part of me that's, that's wor that's worrying about well does this mean we're having a firm canon set and starts to kind of shy away uh, mm -hmm. but that's that's a fairly minor concern because everything should be vague enough in the Elder scrolls otherwise it's not the Elder scrolls anymore <laughs> yeah that's a pretty good answer man that's about i think where me and dog stand too uh, it, i think that i mean clearly this is their second try at it and i think that the year mm -hmm. of skyrim they did a bit better than elsewhere one thing that I personally felt is that, especially in the year of Elsewhere, trying to implement that much story into the dungeons kind of bogged them down because it wasn't like they were just doing a dungeon and writing a story to go along with that, like Dragon Bones and everything. It was like they were writing a story that was going with the whole year. So they had to kind of implement that and it kind of bogged down the dungeons i think a little bit but the skyrim ones this year have been better with that and uh i don't know so I, i'm hoping that it's just gonna continue to uh improve but i do also miss the the one-off stories like that too the uh dragon bones dlc that's those are my two favorite dungeons go call and fangler so i feel you yeah yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, it's 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 different modes of storytelling, and it's it's good that they're playing around with both. And yeah, I've I've not got to the point where I can really judge either, or judge both fairly, yeah. so to speak. I feel you. So, all right, man. Gates of Oblivion, Marion's Dagon, twenty twenty one. Do you have any predictions? What do you think is going to go on? Um, I have worries if that if that'll do. <laughs> um, that'll do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, I am. Um, I'm quite concerned that they'll start trying to dig around with the origins of the Mythic Dawn, because the way Oblivion presented the Mythic Dawn, um, that was very much Mankar Cameron's pet cult, um, which means that it would be something within his own lifespan and to present the mythic dawn in the timeline of eso that's a little bit more than that so um so yeah i don't i i'm worried that they'll start either 
kind of saying that the mythic dawn started here sort of thing um and mm-hmm. trying to build up the foundations of it where it would it i don't know whether they um i don't want to say contradict because i don't think that they would put anything out that would directly contradict it but feel feel like a contrived um way to present the mythic the mythic dawn against um what was seen what was seen in oblivion but i think a kind of a happy compromise would be that um that, that they present the mysterium Xarxes, the um the book that mankar cameron used to create paradise and and all of the shenanigans in the Elder scrolls 4 they'll present that book mm-hmm. they won't start out the cult um there's enough little hints in the um in the trailer uh like the um, like the diagram with the four stones and that sort of thing um, that link to the pages of the Mysterium Xarxes that we know. makes me think, yes, it's the Mysterium Xarxes, but it will be something else happening. Um, mm. I, um, from what we know of the text of the Mysterium Xarxes, that was all very, very geared to the quests in the Elder Scrolls Four as well. So seeing what kind of spin they can put on that when it's not... The Oblivion Crisis would would be mm-hmm. would be interesting unless they're going to add in more text. I mean, we only have about uh, four pages or so of the Myster- of the Mysterium Xarxes that we've seen um, in the Elder Scrolls Four, so there could easily be more to be added there. Um, uh, although there's some, I've seen some speculation on the forums and stuff that say that they're possibly going to be harkening back to some of the other lines, like the four obelisks um, could be a fresh spin on the line of come slowly, bring four keys, which is a line from the Mysterium in The Elder Scrolls IV. Um, so, there, so there's that. Um, I am hopeful that it's not just the Deadlands. Um, there's been some hints that it's planes of oblivion plural has been talked about in some of the promo material so i would be very very um very very interested to see what they could do beyond the deadlands and and bring that in just only because i will would stop getting flashbacks to peter jackson's visions of mordor i i just um, the aesthetic that the Elder that the Elder Scrolls Four established for the Deadlands, for me, was just a little bit too generic, and it's a little bit too much like Mordor and Hell, and so I'd like to go to somewhere a bit more interesting. But that might be more of a hope than anything else. Um, I mean, when they say you know, um, Gates of Oblivion, yeah, that. Definitely, you could you can land up anywhere, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Or, and there is part of me that's thinking, well, really, are they really going to go with the whole Oblivion Gates thing again? It, it, it feels a bit like a. If it's going to end up with just being Dagon, it's going to be a bit like a rehash of the Elder Scrolls Four, which, in some ways, the main plot almost feels like that. Um, it from it's seen from a certain angle, uh, but I'm just I'm just very very I'm 
a little skittish about quite what um what what they're doing what they what they're going to add um but there's also enough in there that they can do little nods here and there to other stuff um like particularly for city of ash there was there was enough there that they can start um that they can start making nods to that particular storyline um and tying city of ash into whatever's happening now um but yeah again i think i think we'll just we'll just have to see um about that one i've um i want it to be in cyrodiil along the banks of the nibbon um but i've i know i've seen i've seen suggestions out there that it's black going to be black marsh as well but yeah it depends at a certain point on the nibbon river it's almost what side what side of the river you're on determines um determines what province you're in or near enough um Mm -hmm. so there's bits where they there's bits where one will almost become the other so can potentially start merging which province they pick um, which province they pick for the story depending on how they bring it in i suppose but it would be nice it would be nice to have some um to have have some more of cyrodiil involved in some story beyond um the, the fight for the ruby throne yeah i know that's always been one of the you know most highly requested things is having some of cyrodiil that's just pve and you know players could go experience that without just getting ganked and everything yeah so i mean extending mm-hmm. that little bit and that's kind of where i'd like to see too maybe touch like braville and leowin like anything around there would be would definitely be awesome and yeah you're right Gingrad it's like is... skin grad's a big one too yeah that would yeah that could be say, a little yeah little sorry <laughs> yeah yeah but i've 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 seen enough hints from the previous um from the last year that suggest that make me think hmm skin grad is likely but we'll see hmm. yeah i think it's gonna be awesome no matter what uh, and uh, they've done a pretty good job i mean they even did a good job like bringing morrowind back into it and everything so i have faith but i am also very interested to see what it's gonna do and i I hope it doesn't get too black marshy personally. I mean, we I'll just go to Merkmeyer if I want some black marsh. <laughs> no, no, there's there's always <laughs> or shadow fan. Depends on your flavor, which is part of the point of black marsh. They've gone to immense amounts of pains when they've been developing black marsh to say that this particular tribe is what um um has sees things in this and it's this way with this tribe and not necessarily anywhere else i mean it depends on your mileage for um for the for the scenery because the scenery is going to be pretty similar but um the <laughs> but the societies are, can be quite different you can you can come up with different types of stories and different relations and so on de- just purely depending on the different varieties of argonian tribes there and um, i don't know again I, I think it's possibly just a symptom of me having such a bad pc for so many years but don't put a huge amount of stock in <laughs> graphics. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you there, man. And it can get a little repetitive with some, it's swampy. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. yeah. But it is very diverse in the, in the people of the region. And honestly, Merkmeyer had some of the best uh, stories and questing and writing. So I can't hate too much. Lehman will get mad if we hate on Argonians, so it's okay. Yes, yes, he will. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and hanging out with us for a bit. 
that's that was a lot of fun getting to getting to chat with you oh thank you guys it's been a pl- absolute pleasure so um dogged if people want to come find us where can they come chat about our show All right. They can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. They can also find us on our Facebook page of the Red Diamond Courier. You can also find us in our Xbox field of Airs the Red Diamond, which they can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you guys check our show notes, you can find links to the awesome sponsors we mentioned earlier, to the one and only ESO-hub.com, where you can find all the sets or anything else you need information wise for ESO plus they've got a new section with awesome podcasts like ours and written in uncertainty so you know there you go plus we've got our music producers link on there and if you have a chance you could leave us a review that we will shout to the stars with the you know the enthusiasm of a thousand suns um but yeah we would appreciate any time you guys spend to go do that anything you guys do to support us you know we appreciate it Hermetheus, my dude if people are like oh man this guy's a genius like i think when i listen to you <laughs> where can they come hit you Hardly. up <laughs> that, well, you, you can be thoroughly disabused of that notion whenever you can find <laughs> me um on um on the internet um generally speaking i think apart from some anime communities i'm the only aramithius out there uh, but um you can tweet me at aramithius um written uncertainty has its own website at writtenuncertainty.com which has transcripts of most of the episodes i think the only ones that aren't fully transcribed um are um are the ones where i've just been talking off the cuff about something um and I've also got a written uncertainty discord where you can come in and chat law or whatever else takes your fancy. Um, that, um, it's, it's just a fantastic community of people. Um, we've had some people, we've had people post up artwork. We've had, um, had discussions about, um, the linguistics of Tamriel on there. Just, just, um, totally off the cuff. I've, I know that there's some people on there who were just trying to, organize some time now that everyone's decompressing for the holidays i'm just trying to get some time to chill and have voice chat about law um so yeah just join that community and have fun nice awesome man i'll have to get myself in there honestly <laughs> and what about for you don all right you can find me on xbox twitter and esopc all of at dog park 24 and yeah and for me, it's going to be Bob Chichinsky everywhere you go on Xbox. There's a space on ESOPC, Twitter, and Twitch, Bob underscore Chichinsky. Thank you all for coming and listening to us, you know, just talk some Elder Scrolls for a while. We absolutely love doing it. Thank you, Dog, for coming and chilling. And thank you, Aramethia, so much for being here, man. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your holidays to uh, come chill with us. Thank you, guys. It's been very fun. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Yep. See ya. Catch you guys later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people.
check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.